Hi, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. Hello and welcome back. This week, we are going to be talking about time out. And timeout isn't just for two-year-olds. It is something that you can use with kids of all ages and all temperaments and in many different capacities. So I'm excited to talk about it today and get your questions answered. There's been lots of talk about whether you should call it timeout, time in, calm down time, um, a break, And we're going to dive into that a little bit in this episode as well. But bottom line, doesn't matter what you call it. It's all about how you implement it. And so we're going to also go into the best ways to implement timeout per age and any other like problems that come up. I have a bunch of really good questions that I got that I'm going to give answers to. So I'm super excited for this episode and I really, really hope you enjoy it. Okay, so let's start with the history of timeout. I'm sure timeout is something that was used on you when you were a kid. You've probably used on your kids. Everyone knows what timeout is, but no one does it the same way, right? There's a different um, implementation of timeout uh, in every home, every generation, all of those things. And so I think it's really important to break down what timeout is and the proper way to implement it. Because implemented improperly um, and too strictly, it could go as far as being borderline abusive or... Um, not helpful, harming in your relationship with your child. Implemented correctly can really be used as like a connecting, modeling, teaching your child how to cope um, situation. So that's why I'm super excited to do this topic. And I currently have two two-year-olds who spend a lot of time in time out. But I also have Sam who... Um, I don't think I've talked about him as much on this podcast. If you're in my Facebook group, you probably know this, that he is a little bit behind in some areas and has some delays due to traumatic birth. And so he can be pretty emotional and have some outbursts and time out or calm down time or whatever we want to call it is crucial in our parenting of him. And when I figured out the best way to do this with him, it literally changed our parenting game. And Tim figured out a little trick for him too. I'll share it when we talk about um, different types of timeout. But that is has been like game changer, has made calming him down, dealing with him so much easier. And so I just want to remind you too, that when you're implementing timeout, you want to take into account your kid's temperament because we do timeout differently with Sam than we do our girls simply because they have different temperaments. And I will be giving you my personal real life examples. So um, we all kind of know what timeout is, even though it doesn't have one solid definition. Okay, so the first thing to think about when implementing timeout in your home is the purpose behind the timeout. Why are you using timeout? Are you using it as a time to calm down, regulate emotions, gain space from the issue, or are you using it as a consequence or punishment? And this is very important because knowing the purpose will change how you your attitude going into the timeout and how you implement it. 
and it you'll look for different reactions and things in your kids. Um, personally, I don't think timeout is the greatest consequence out there or punishment. I think that there's better ways to do that. Um, but you can use it that way if you like. And children often view timeout as a punishment because they are they don't want to be there. So to them, it is a punishment. The important thing is that you know your intention going in so that you can act from that intention throughout the process. And if things get sticky in timeout, like they won't stay in timeout, they're throwing a bigger fit in timeout, all of those other things. Another important thing to consider with the purpose is that the purpose will be different at different ages, right? Like the purpose for a two-year-old being in timeout is to give them space, redirect, and you know, help them calm down. Whereas the purpose of like a 12-year-old in timeout is to take some time to calm down and then you can talk about the issue later. They can implement a coping skill while they're in their journal you know, do other things like that. So the the purpose will change based on age, but timeout is something that can be implemented from two to, to my age, right? Like I still put myself in timeout sometimes because I need to cope or take a break. And what you call it can be super important to kids. They can get really stuck on the name, especially those older kids because they do feel like timeout is a punishment. So sometimes instead of calling it timeout, we call it taking a break or calm down time or things like that because it helps them in their head think of it less as a punishment and more of as a time to cope so that we can reconnect and fix this problem later. So that's also something to keep in mind. I do call it timeout. Um, usually I think that's just out of habit. Like I haven't been super intentional about that. I probably should be more intentional. Um, but I do tell them like you're going to time out to calm down. So I probably will switch it to calm down time or a, you're taking a break because I feel like that that's more, it, it describes my purpose better of putting kids in timeout. Also, I think it's important to acknowledge that sometimes time out can mean your mom needs a break from you, <laughs> right? So it can look different or calm down time or whatever. I need a break from dealing with you. So you need to go in your room for a little bit. And you probably don't want to phrase it that way to your kids because it will hurt their feelings. But that's something to keep in mind too when we're talking purpose. Okay, now let's talk place. This is going to be different for everyone based on the age of your kids and the setup of your house and where you spend the most time. So I'm going to tell you what I do and, and then give you some ideas for older kids. So with my youngers, there are five and then two two-year-olds. Um, we have like this little step in our playroom that I sit the kids on for calm down time or time out. That makes it easy because, because I can see them and I can sit with them or by them in timeout if needed while supervising the other kids. If your child is older, I think it is totally appropriate to send them to their room if that's something that works for them or to create a corner or area in your house that's like a mindfulness or calm corner it's like my dream to create one of these in my house. I just haven't done it yet. So maybe I'll add that to my to-do list. But in this corner, you could 
put coping things like soft blankets, pillows, affirmation cards, mindfulness stuff, coloring things, things to help your child calm down. We'll talk talk about objects in calm down time or time out in just a minute. But so the place you want to have a consistent place. Some people have a chair. I think that that's awesome too. Some people have timeout mats. I know you can buy those. That's whatever works for you. You just want to have it be consistent, especially for your younger kids so that they know what it is and what that area is for. Okay, now we are going to talk plan or routine for timeout or time in or calm down time or whatever the heck we are calling it. You want your plan or agenda to be the same during every timeout so that it's predictable for your child and they know what to expect. That way they will stay in timeout better and they know they will um, buy into the time and use the time to calm down. So the first step is putting your kid in timeout or calm down time. Um, so I try really hard not to get frustrated and say, you're going to time out. And um, I know that sounds really mean, but I know that as parents, we get frustrated and that can be our first reaction. Um, it is best if you can say something like, okay, you're hitting and, and we need to be safe. So I need you to come over here and sit down and take a calm down time. That is my ideal parent way of handling it. I don't always do that though. And I'm just going to be real with you. Sometimes I get frustrated and that's okay. So I have my ideal way and then my frustrated way. And so I place them in timeout or I guide them to timeout. And then I start a timer. Um, the timer for me is based on their age. So I just do the number of minutes per their age. That's easiest. It's easiest to keep track of. And it's a good amount of time for where they're at developmentally to calm down or regulate. They may take longer, but I think like the minimum time is perfect. This is where purpose and the reason they are in timeout become really important. So a lot of times people will have their kids sit in a corner or fold their arms, which we used to do more. Um, and then I recognized that when I do that, it just creates more of a power struggle about what they're doing in timeout than actually serving the purpose of timeout, which is to calm down and recognize like where they need to shift or what they need to do. So if they are going into timeout to calm down, usually I just let them sit there to calm down. Right now, my girls, especially one of them, is in, are in this phase where they will run to their room. And so what I do is I just say, okay, go ahead and go to your room. They go in their room and then I still set the timer and usually they come out a little bit before the timer's up, but I'll hug them and then we'll talk. So that's kind of how we're doing timeout right now. If I have to physically remove them, I will, because they're hitting their sibling or throwing things, I will pick them up, put them in on the step where I can see them. And I'll say, you can stay here or you can go to your room. And I think that's a good option because it makes the child feel like they have control or choices of where they're taking this calm down time and they're, they bite into it more and they're more agreeable to it. And it avoids the power struggle of you're going to sit right here. And then they struggle with that. One of the most frequently asked questions I get is, how do you make your child stay in timeout? 
There isn't an easy answer to this question. In my ideal world, I would sit with all of my kids in timeout just so that they know that I'm here for them and I can help guide them through any emotions they're having. I can validate their feelings about timeout. But I don't live in my ideal world. I live in a world where I have three kids and there's one of me. So I can't always sit with my child in timeout, even though I do try to. And that's kind of the concept of time in is sitting with your child and helping them calm. And I do think that that is always the best case scenario when it is possible. And I also understand that that is not possible a lot of the time. For older kids, you can let them know that their timeout time will start once they are sitting in timeout and staying in timeout. For younger kids, like I would say maybe three and under, you may just have to sit with them to keep them in timeout. While they are in timeout, I always suggest to parents do not talk about the reason that they're in timeout. Validate their feelings. If they're screaming, crying, doing that, if they want love or affection, give them that, but do not talk about what they did to end up in timeout. So you can say things like, I know it's so frustrating to be stuck here when you want to be playing, or I know you're feeling really sad about being in timeout. That's totally okay. And you can keep the boundary of letting them be in timeout while still validating their feelings. Once the timeout timer is up, if the child has calmed down, then this is where you talk about what happened. So you say, you threw a toy at your brother and you hurt him and we can't throw toys because that hurts other people. And then I would prompt them to apologize or make it right with the person that they hurt. There's a fine line here. I don't want to push kids to apologize if they don't want to, but I think it's good to encourage them to apologize and recognize how their actions make other people When you are talking with them about the issue, remember to be on their level, making eye contact, and stay calm with them. This is not your time to lecture them or or get your own feelings about the issue out. It's really just a time to correct the behavior, connect as far as reassuring that you still love them, everyone makes mistakes, help them think of ideas to rectify the situation. The shorter you keep it, the more they will take in and the more they will listen. If you're a lecturer, I can almost guarantee you that at some point your kids zone out and then they zone out quickly every time you talk to them. So try and be aware of if your child's paying attention, taking in what you're saying, if you're repeating yourself, those kind of things. So then I usually give my kid a hug send them out of timeout. If they have apologizing to do, they do that. And then we move on. We don't bring it up again. We don't talk about it again. We just carry on with our day. Another question I got a lot of is, do I give warnings before putting my child in timeout? And the answer is yes. I probably give too many warnings and I fully recognize that this is something in myself that I need to be more consistent about, but I would recommend one to two warnings before timeout and to be consistent with how many warnings you're giving and the way in which you're giving them. So an example would be like, this is your first warning for not sharing. If you continue to not share, you're going to have to take a timeout or a calm down time. And then the second time putting them in timeout. Sometimes with younger kids, I do think two warnings is better because 
because they're still learning and they're trying to figure out how to interact with the world around them and what's right and wrong and all those things. So I will say, okay, this is your second warning next time you're going to timeout. And then I would have them go after the second time if they don't listen. Okay, so here are some timeout examples that have happened very, very recently in my house. A few nights ago, the kids were jumping on the couch and jumping from the couch onto this chair. They know they're not supposed to do it. It's kind of a nightly battle that we have with them. And I was alone. Tim was still at work. Girls are jumping on this couch on the chair, tipping it over. I gave them quite a few warnings, definitely more than two. And I finally decided, okay, we're done. So we're going to timeout. I had to, one of them went and sat in timeout on her own. Her sister had to be handheld and walked to timeout. They were both trying to get out of timeout. So I just had to sit in front of them and hold the, um, one hand with one girl, the other hand with the other girl. My plan was to sit there and hold their hands till the timer went off. Well, one girl, uh, Ava, it's easier if I just use their names, decided that she did not want to go with that plan. And so she like got up, ran into her room and slammed the door. So I just said, it's okay to be mad, Ava. You can take your time out in your room and I'll just wait out here with Sissy until the timer goes off. Ava came out before the timer was up. So I just had her sit down next to her sister. And then at the end, we talked about how they aren't supposed to jump on the couch and how they need to listen. My girls are young enough that when you put them in the timeout at the end, they're like, <gasps> and they're so emotional and they really just want to hug at that point because getting in trouble makes them feel so bad. So we had a hug and we went on with our night. They did jump on the couch one more time. I gave them one warning and I said, you'll go to timeout again. And they did not jump after that. So I'm not saying timeout's going to fix the behavior, but what I'm saying is for young kids, like two-year-olds, it's a great redirection. Give them space to little small consequence that gives them space from the issue. Now for bigger kids, timeout or a break can be really good for like more of emotional regulation rather than a punishment. So with an older kid, say they're being sassy or disrespectful, you can say or maybe they're refusing to do their chore. You could say, okay, well, if you're not going to do your chore, you need to go to your room to calm down. So they go in their room, they slam the door, shut the door. If they slam the door, I wouldn't even acknowledge it at that point, because if you go in and you yell at them for slamming the door, it's just going to continue to cause more of a power struggle. And... I would just set a timer, look at the time, and say they're 13. You wait 13 minutes, then you go in and check on them and see if they're ready to talk. If they aren't ready to talk, then you leave, come back in 13 more minutes until they are ready to talk. The deal with calm down time or timeout is that they do not get to leave until they have the conversation about what happened. So maybe they decide to come out, you know, after the first 13 minutes in between the second and they have a conversation with you, you apologize, you work through it, and then they can continue with whatever they need to do. I think it's important to one, check on our kids to make sure that that they're okay and they get that reassurance that they are loved by us. We can even ask them if they would like help in coping with what is going on, if they want ideas for coping, things like that. When they And then after you have the conversation and you figure out what they need to do to rectify the situation, whether it's going to finish their chore or whatever it is, then they can leave the timeout situation or calm down time situation. 
Now, another common question I got is, what do you do if your kids won't go to timeout and they're older and they keep wanting to argue with you or power struggle with you? I would say you give yourself a timeout. At some point, you can just say to them, I'm not going to argue with you anymore and you need to go take a timeout before I'm willing to talk to you and then just stop talking to them. You've let them know that that is your boundary, that you love and care about them, but that you're not going to argue any longer with them until they do what they need to do. This can be pretty effective because it doesn't give them that reaction or that power struggle that they're seeking by continuing to argue and prove their point. Um, Another nice way to say it would be, I would love to listen to how you feel when we talk after we've both calmed down. And when you say we've both calmed down, it kind of gives them the impression that it isn't a punishment. It's not just about them that you need the time to calm down too, which is absolutely true. Because when we're that heated, we need time to calm down so we don't do anything crazy or irrational either. And then we're modeling to our kids how to take timeouts and breaks appropriately and how to regulate emotions so that we're not contributing to the stress level and the conflict by bringing our emotions into it and escalating things. So just a quick recap for the plan section. Put them in timeout, set the timer, check on them throughout. If they're alone during timeout, if they're not, just sit with them. You can talk to them about their feelings and validate their feelings, but don't talk to them about the issue until they've calmed down or the time is up. But make sure you talk to them before they leave timeout so that things are resolved. And then just carry on with your day and reassure them that you love them. Timeout is not just for two-year-olds. And it is a great parenting strategy that you can use in a variety of situations. Because if our child is focused on a behavior, whether it's being emotional and arguing for an older child or a two-year-old that's so focused on doing something they want to do, it can create that needed distraction to help them shift their mindset. So I think it's a great strategy for all parents to implement. It just needs to be implemented correctly and differently for the ages and temperament of your specific child. I hope that this episode was helpful. And if you have any timeout questions, you can always DM them to me or email them to me. My Instagram is at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Now let's get on to our mom fails. So I'm not going to lie, it was kind of a slow mom fail week for you guys. For me, it was like I had mom fails left and right. (laughs) So I have a few to share with you this week, but I'll share one first that got submitted to me. Um, A mom lost her keys on Wednesday and still hasn't found them. Um, I also did, which is like something that happens on the reg around here is I lose my keys. I eventually found them in the couch cushion in the front room that we don't use. So I don't know how they got there. Could have been me. Could have been a kid. Who knows? But after, you know, a couple days of anxiety, panic and borrowing the keys from the lady I rent the office from to be able to go to work, I found them. And so I was super relieved about that. And so I hope that you find your keys. Another one that got submitted that is super funny is a mom whose child got sent home from school for having a stomach ache and being sweaty and and feeling a little warm. And come to find out that this sassy little child stole one of the energy 
drink packets, like, you know, the kind, maybe it's like crystal light energy or whatever that have a, a lot of caffeine in them or a zip fizz as we, we commonly use in this house and put the, put it in his water at school and drink it. So he was having a caffeine reaction and that is hysterical to me. And the funny part is, is because of COVID, even after they explained this to the school, they still made him stay home an extra day, which it's, you know, par for the course for um, how this pandemic has been going. But that made me laugh, that poor mom, and that's funny. Okay, so I have two from my own kids. Maybe I'll think of more as we start going. One happened while I was at work, so I don't know if it can be considered my fail, but it was my child, so who knows. So we're potty training Ella. It's a nightmare. She's actually doing really well, but I just don't like potty training and she's my last one to potty train. So we've kind of just put it off and put it off. So we're finally doing it. Um, her sister's been potty trained for like six months. Anyway, so she's been going through this phase where she recognizes she needs the potty right when she's like starting to go. So she was at my mother-in-law's and she was sitting up at their counter eating a sandwich. She recognized she had to go. She jumped on the counter, started crying. My mother-in-law runs in and she peed all over her sandwich and the counter. So they get her into the bathroom. She gets on the potty, finishes peeing. And she is so proud of herself that she went pee-pee on the potty. She's clapping, doing the whole thing. Well, then she goes out and she is very, very, very distraught that her sandwich had to be thrown away because she wanted that sandwich. Frankly, I'm just glad that I wasn't the one that had to clean up the pee this time because I feel like during potty training or parenting in general, you clean up a lot of pee. So when it's pee somewhere else, you're kind of just relieved that it's not your turn to clean up the pee. The other one is right before I came down here, Sam was shaking a, a jar with nuts in it and he was saying, shake my peanuts. And it did not sound like peanuts. It sounded like male anatomy body part. And so I asked him, I said, Sam, what are you saying? And he said, I'm shaking my peanuts. And I was like, okay. Um, and then I realized he was holding a can of peanuts and it wasn't his penis. So there we go. The first time I have said penis on the podcast. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it for the day. I hope you all have a wonderful week and you put your kids in time out a lot and you enjoy time with your family. There's going to be some small changes coming to this podcast that include guests and I'm so excited for it and I can't wait to tell you more about it. So I look forward to seeing you next week. Remember, be peace, be love be mindful as a mother. If you want more of mindful as a mother, you can find me on Instagram at lins underscore Adams LCSW. Once again, at lins L I N D S underscore Adams L-C-S-W.